1: This is April 28th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinofsky and I hope you guys are having a great week, staying healthy, staying busy, doing all that stuff. I say the same things every week because there's not much new to say. However, this episode, there's a, there's a little tidbit of information that's new that's new it came out Monday afternoon, and my guests this week, Marissa and Jamie, formerly of the Boston Herald, Uh feels weird to say formally, but that's what it is, unfortunately. Uh, we discuss the David Krejci news, um, and then we jump right into most obscure Bruins of the past decade. This, this was fun. Um, it's funny, this got brought up on last week's podcast, The End. Um, after we did the all decade team and I was like, you know, we should just do an obscure Bruins lineup. Um, because it's just like, it's more interesting to me. I mean, you know, you, you know who the all decade team is going to be, you know, Bergeron and Marshawn and and Chara, like you just, you know, that this, you will hear guys names on this episode that you probably have not heard in. Oh my God. Say, you know, six, seven years. I mean, you, these are names that you're gonna be like, oh my god, I forgot that person existed. This is gonna open up parts of your brain you did not know were even there before. I mean, this is, this is gonna be like if you took a Bruins acid trip. This is what this is. You're, you're, oh my god, you know, I'm not even gonna say the names because I want it to be, uh, a surprise for you when they come up. But, um, overall, this was a fun show. This was one of the more fun ones I've had because this is just so outlandish. Um, and in these times, This is what we're doing. I mean, if you asked me six months ago that I'd be, and you told, and you told me that I was doing this kind of a podcast in the end of April, I'd be like, why aren't I talking about the Bruins second round matchup with the Lightning? But this is what we got and this is what we have to deal with. Uh, before we get into the conversation, uh, with currently no NBA, NHL or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on and you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, bet online still has hundreds of events, games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack as they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline still has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can wager on. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. So there's a lot of stuff to bet on still, even without sports. And this is what makes it fun. I say this every week. It makes it fun. So go do it. Um, all open 24 hours a day, and all online. You can do this at 3:30 in the morning while you're shoveling down ice cream in bed. If you really like to do that, maybe that's just me. Uh, visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right. So before we get into the episode, uh, there's a nice little message from Cedric Cedric Maxwell um, about awaken 180 weight loss. Again, I don't see what's the What's wrong with that right now? I mean, this is, this is the time that – think about your body a little bit. Not a bad thing. So you definitely should, uh, should definitely listen to Cedric on that one, and then we'll get right into uh, the show with Marissa. So without further ado, here is all of that.
0: As I told you on Twitter, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health. I found a solution for weight loss, in this Awaken 180. My friends in the media told me about Awaken 180. It's their go-to program to lose weight without killing yourself in the gym or taking any kind of medication. Just listen to the success stories. My boy, Kyle Draper, he dropped 30 pounds. Andy Grish dropped 105, and that's not it. Scott Zolak, Steve Logan, Dan Reeves, Dr. Laura Harman, and add Cedric Maxwell to the list. It's only been about three weeks and I've already dropped about 15 pounds. Turn these trying times into a reason to get healthy like me. Call Awaken, receive the same one-on-one coaching I'm getting at home or on Skype. Also access 1,000 recipes and tools you'll need. Dantric weight loss from the company who has revolutionized the weight loss industry. Set up your first consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com.
1: And we're here with Marissa and Jamie. Marissa, last you were on last week. I think you're the first ever guest on this show that has gone on two straight weeks.
2: I'm um, also
1: probably I, your first unemployed guest. Uh, I, yeah, I think you actually are. I don't think I've had any. I mean, we've never had this many unemployments, So unfortunately, I think that is the case. But what's crazy is the end of last episode, I brought up the doing the list of all time or all decade obscure Bruins. And I was like, maybe I'll do it with you. And then I was like, why don't we just do it again next week? Like, who? what else do we have to do? So uh, I'm glad you're back. Uh, for this, because this will be a fun uh, fun show. How have you been doing the past week?
2: Uh, just busy writing all the time, doing interviews, trying to figure out how to collect unemployment because it's not easy. You know, normal stuff.
1: Yeah, normal run-of-the-mill stuff, you know, totally stuff we expected to be doing a couple months ago, but whatever. Um, All right, so we'll jump right into things. Uh, we will start, actually, with a little piece of David Krejci news, which is it's weird to get news this time of year. Obviously there's these zoom media availabilities every week that we, that the media goes on. And, uh, usually it's just kind of how you doing, you know, simple news, you know, simple, just question and answer stuff. Not many super newsworthy things. Um, I would say Krug's was pretty newsworthy. Um, since then, I, I don't think anybody else has had like a big piece of news come out of it. Um, But today, uh, Monday, David Krejci uh, had his, and he was asked about his future because his contract expires after next season, 2020-21. And he said, quote, we'll see. I'm not planning on retiring. That's for sure. I'm going to play after that. How long or what's going to happen, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens after that next year. Definitely not planning on going into the next season as it being my last. So, all right. We know he's... Not going to retire. Great. But it's still pretty unknown where he's going to end up playing.
2: Well, everyone wants to trade him for some reason, right?
1: Yeah, people do want to trade him.
2: So, like, maybe those people will be happy? I don't know. To me, it's weird because I didn't ever think of David Krejci retiring right now. So, to me, it's kind of like, well, yes, he's like 34. I'm not sure why he would retire. He's tied his career high in points last year. He's playing pretty well. Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't come back. Uh, I don't see why the Bruins wouldn't want him back, especially if you start to think about Bergeron is going to be on the way out at some point.
1: Well, he turns thirty-four actually tomorrow, so it was well, there a you nice go. Little or birthday that gift.
2: Today, I guess.
1: Yeah, today, Tuesday. No. It's the Happy Birthday David Krejci episode. Yes. Um, but so I think the, the, the really interesting part is when he first signed this current contract that he's on that people have criticized you know, for quite a while, but I don't really get why, but whatever. Um, he said that he wanted to finish his career in the Czech back home in the Czech Republic. And, you know, in 2016, he told DJ Bean of EEI.com that, you know, he still kind of wanted to do that at some point was unsure if it would be right after this contract or not. Now he's, you know, he, he seems to be, you know, I'm not retiring, but it's still not sure where he's going to end out his career. My guess would be he would come back to Boston on a one or two year deal and then go finish his career at the check. But I don't know. I, I it, He's going to be 35 when, when his contract is up this uh, – or June of next year. Um but it's something interesting to watch. So we know he's not going to retire. We're not going to have a David Krejci farewell tour at least next year. Maybe that'll come the year after, but not next year. Um what would a David Krejci farewell tour look like? Like what would people give David Krejci?
2: Oh god. Um maybe it'll be like the gift the Bruins gave Chara where it was like a trip to anywhere which like poor timing on that I guess, right? I know. when
1: when's, when's Chara using that trip to anywhere? I, I think it'd love I think to I go anywhere. That right earlier.
2: I was like well, like, what do we? What did he do with that now? So I don't think Krejci's gonna get that. Um, let's see. What would anyone give David Krejci? Uh, I don't know. But like, this just back to the possibility of him returning or not. A lot of it depends on the cap situation, right? Like, we don't know what that's yeah. gonna look like. Especially now, like, it might go down, or uh, all the projections are all over the place. But we don't know when hockey is going to exist again. So it's t- it's a tough time to project free agency for next year the year after and beyond because we don't know uh if salaries change if the cap changes uh what hockey looks like
0: yeah and the other
1: thing is I think that you know obviously he's not going to get a raise because of his age uh, you know this was his big contract I, I mean personally again it, it depends on how he does the rest of this year and next well, season he's not going to get Bru- a raise
2: the Bruins but another team might come in and be like yeah sure
1: yeah, no, exactly. So that, that's the other thing. So from the Bruins perspective, I, I, I think, you know, this is very early. Um, but I don't think going above five and a half million is the right call, you know, in a year, you know, a year and a half from now. Again, it depends on how the cap looks. Um, and depends yeah. on the
2: Bergeron situation and how Coil's progressed.
1: Exactly. Cause Coil right now is getting paid the over the five million. Um, and also Bergeron, as you said, depends on what's up with him. All right. So we did the David Krejci stuff. So now we can get to the fun. The fun part, the main part of the episode. This is fun. Um, so I actually this morning I went through each year and I looked at like the stat at the stats from that year. I went to Hockey Reference for each season uh, from twenty ten twenty eleven to um, to last year. But I don't I don't know if there's any real obscure people from last year because people are going to know who they are just because it was last year. Uh, but if you have them, no problem. So this is an all decade obscure Bruins lineup. These are people who are forgettable, weird, came here at the end of their career. Like just people, I said this in the intro, you're going to hear and you're going to say, wait, they, what? Like I totally forgot they existed. So I organized mine into four lines and then I did four pairs of D because I had to. I did three pairs. Okay, that's fine. And one boy. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like, I, de- I feel like we have the same goalie, but we'll get to that later. Um, we'll find
2: out. I mean, for we'll f- me, my whole qualification process was, did the guy make me go, Oh yeah, him. And then I put them on the team.
1: Yeah. So I'll let you go first with your first line. Cause I, I kind of constructed these lines at random. Some were legit. So I'll just let you go first with your first forward line of obscure Bruins.
2: I don't know what counts of the first line. Are we going by like, Skill or just I, I like just did mine. Broke down first.
1: The only line I can constr- quote unquote constructed as like there was a reason behind it was I did like veterans or like guys okay. who came here at the very end of their career. But other than that, it was just kind of random. There's some guys who are centers who are not typically centers.
2: I did um, that with one guy, I think, but for the most part, I tried to stay at positions. I'll go, I guess, my first line I will go with Brian Gianta, Landon Ferraro, and Drew Stafford.
1: That's a good one. Those are all good ones. Gianta there's was. There's
2: no reason behind that.
1: There's no reason. That was what 2017, 18 was Gianta.
2: I yeah, that sounds about right.
1: And he came in late, and he he was good with the Canadians back in the day. Um,
2: Boston College guy.
1: Boston College guy, and then Landon Ferraro was 15, 16, I think. And it's funny, I left him off. I left Lena Ferraro off even – I almost I almost put him on. Um, but I then forgot I
2: about him completely, and I was like, I oh, yeah, too. they had him.
1: I did too. Um, and then Drew Stafford. That's a weird one. That's a very weird one. Did he do but anything? I remember,
2: like, I grew up with him on the Sabres. Yeah. And I associate him as a Buffalo Sabre, and then he was on Minnesota for a little bit, I think. And then all of a sudden he's on to Bruins, and that just, like, messed with my head because I was like, no, that is a Buffalo Sabres man.
1: Yeah, no, I was very thrown off by him coming here. What's funny is, the, maybe this is every team, but I think the Bruins had a lot of Eastern Conference, you know, former solid players, not elite, but solid players come here at the very end of their career to kind of just go to die. Um, but we'll probably get to more <laughs> of those later. So my first line, this is a fun first line, because um, I, I do have Gianta and Stafford later on. But my first line, I'll go with Benoit Pouliot, Carl Soderberg and Jordan Caron. Oh, Carl uh, Soderberg is not obscure. Carl Soderberg was obscure to me, and here's why.
2: The Angry One-eyed Swede is known by all.
1: The Angry One-eyed Swede. I I just forgot. I, I didn't forget. I mean, I guess I did forget him for some reason. But I forgot how actually like good his point totals were with the Bruins. Like no, he was legit. He was, he was he was good. Like I think he was here. Um, from 2012, 13 to 14, 15, and those the 13, 14 years and the 14, 15 years, he had over 40 points, I believe. Um, but he was obscure to me because you totally forget that he was here. I only remembered him being here when a friend of mine brought Carl Soderberg up to me last week, and he put him on his all-decade Bruins team, which was weird, but whatever. Um, but he's a he's an odd ball to me. Jordan Coran felt like he played every season of the past decade here and did absolutely nothing. Um
2: He's not obscure Benoit, to me because I own his jersey.
1: That's right. You do have a Jordan Koran jersey. So technically he's not obscured to you. Um and I feel like people always thought Jordan Koran would be a lot better than he was. So people kind of just like know who he is because they are like, damn, you totally were just a bust. Um and I'll never forget well,
2: this, like, one Nesson interview one time after the draft. I forget what year it was. And it was, like, they're interviewing in someone's backyard. And it was, like, Jordan Caron, Joe Colborne, and someone else. It might have been Sagan. And it was, like, oh, this is the future of the Bruins. And I'll just never forget that image.
1: That is That has to be dug up somehow, someway. If you're listening and can find that or know where we can get that, please tweet it. That is tremendous. Um, and It's, then, like, but, some
2: Nesson footage somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's deep in the Nesson vaults. And then Benoit Pouliot was on every NHL team, I think, in the span of like five years. Um, he was Montreal, Boston. I mean, and he wasn't even that bad. He had that nice goal through his legs way back in the day, if people remember. Um, I will never forget
2: Benoit Pouliot.
1: How can we not? Um, okay. So I, so my second line was had Gianta and Stafford, but I will add someone. Simone Gagne. Simone? Oh, uh,
2: yes. He's on my second line.
1: Flyers legend. Uh, the Flyer who scored the winning goal in Game 7 against the Bruins in 2010. And then, did he do anything here? Like, was he effective no. at
2: all? He played, like, 23 games, I think, because I was looking it up. And I was like, oh, I, like, really remember him. And then it turned out he played, like, 23 games. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I just remember him on the Flyers, I guess.
1: Yeah. That it blows my mind uh that he was here. Um all right, what was your so what was your second line?
2: I had Simone Gagnier as not a center. Um I mm-hmm. had him on the left wing. And then I'm gonna butcher his name because I've never said it out loud. Juniz Kampinainen. I had him too, and I had no idea I didn't even know who that was. I remember him. He played like one season and they liked him and then he disappeared. It was weird. Um and then um, oh, God. Tyler Randall?
1: Yes. I almost put him on my list as well. That was a – Was Randall it Tyler?
2: Was, Am I messing that up? Is it Trevor no, or Tyler?
1: No, it's Tyler. You got it right. Okay. Um, it's one of
2: those generic frat boy team names.
1: I don't know. I think Tyler Randall – because I, I always get – well, not always. I got him and Bobby Robbins mixed up this morning because they were both, like, enforcers, I think. Oh, I wanted to put Ra- Bobby
2: Robbins on my team, and then he played only three games, it turned out, and I felt like cheating.
1: I almost did just to be like, I just want to cross Bobby Robbins off my bingo card. Um, <laughs> but I didn't. I, I just ended up not doing it. I didn't do Tyler Randall. But yeah, Randall played a, a surprisingly like a lot of games uh, the season he was in Boston. I think that was 15, 16. And Kemp and was the same thing who I had never heard of him before. I don't know how. I mean, I've been following the Bruins since 2006, you know, and, and before. Um, but was I was... Was that the year you were born? That was the year I was born. But that blows my mind. Jonas Kampanian. i I've never said that. Yeah, 44 games in 15-16, five points.
2: I um, extremely remember him and Tyler Randall, to me, played like two preseason games, but I think he actually played more.
1: Who, Tyler Randall?
2: Yeah, I think he ended up playing more games than Kampanian.
1: Yeah, that, that 15, as I said last week, that 15-16 team could be an entire, you know, like obscure uh, group. Alright, so my third line I think you'll like this. Brian Ralston. Can't forget Brian. Chris Bork. And Casper's Dogovins.
2: Dogovins played only six games, so I kept him off.
1: Do- to me, Dogovins was in it because he was in those cup games against the Blackhawks. I think he missed an empty net or two. Like, he he had a, he had a couple chances early in that series, I feel like, if I remember correctly, where he just botched it. Um, and I had to put him on cause he was just so obscure. And then Chris Bork, I remember Chris Bork came here and I think it was twelve, thirteen. He was in Boston and didn't he like intentionally miss an empty net? So he wouldn't, so that wouldn't be his first career NHL goal. Something Weird. There was something weird like that. That was just like, what? And he's Ray Bork's kid. So everyone knew him from that. And I think he started the season on the top six. And then that was, like, quickly gone. Like, he was out of there very soon. Um, so, to me, he, he was a good one, like, kind of lost in Bruins history from the decade. So, what would be your third line?
2: I had Chris Bork, Tommy Wingles, Matt Fraser.
1: That's a great third line. Matt Frazier. Because Wingles was a couple of years ago. Fraser was did Frazier do anything?
2: Not that I remember.
1: That's so odd. But yeah, Frazier and and Wingles' Wingles's big moment was when he got hit from behind by Nazem Kadri, right? Yeah, and, that's um, what I
2: remember him the most from.
1: Yeah, he got hit from behind and then Kadri got thrown out. Uh, I think Kadri got suspended for that, right? I think.
2: Um, uh, yeah.
1: I don't know if he did anything like goal scoring wise, but yeah, that w- Wiggles was very obscure. Um, I actually did not have either Wiggles or Frazier on my team. I left them off. Um, I just did because so here's my fourth line, and so I had Jonas kemp in down the middle. On my right side, I had Jay Pandolfo, current Bruins assistant coach, and Seth Griffith. Seth Griffith had maybe, like, pure skill-wise, the nicest goal of the decade, if you you go back and look. And he had an incredible goal, but he just never panned out. Like, it just never worked. But there was a a point in time I felt like Seth Griffith could have been something. Could have been something. Um, Maybe you'll buy it. Maybe you bought his jersey. Um, (laughs) So what was your fourth line?
2: I... I thought I was going to be the only one with Pandolfo. I went oh. with Pandolfo, Brian Ralston, and Trent Whitfield.
1: Whitfield's a great one. Oh, I totally forgot about him. Um, Yeah, Whitfield was good. And then Pandolfo, I don't remember what Pandolfo did with the Bruins. He just kind of... I barely I even...
2: remember him on the team. I associate him with BU more than anything.
1: Yeah, of course you do. Um. But yeah, and now he's with the Bruins as an assistant coach. That's why people remember the name, but people don't really remember that he was on the Bruins. Um, exclusions for me, the people I felt bad leaving off, um, Austin Zarnick, Brett Connolly, Tyler Randall, and your personal favorite, Lee Stemniak. Um I
2: just remember those guys too much. I see,
1: Brett Connolly is good now with the Capitals, but when he was with the Bruins, I feel like people kind of forget that. And in Lee Stempniak, I just I think people forget. Um, so yeah, do you have Never any Lee really Stempniak. That? Do you feel do you feel bad leaving anybody off?
2: Um, again, like I'm a freak, so I remember everyone. So it's tough for me to feel like I left anyone off. Like dog evans I really wanted to put on my list, but the six games held me back, and Austin Farnick. I just thought he was too relevant. Otherwise, I would have put him on my list.
1: Yeah, I could see that. All right, so now we got defense. So this is the fu- This is this is more fun stuff. So my first defensive pairing: Mark Stewart and Joe Corvo. Um, I totally forgot Joe Corvo existed until someone tweeted at me the morning after the morning the podcast last week dropped and said, I can't wait to hear, like, Joe Corvo's name or something. And I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> I forgot he even existed. Um, and then Mark Stewart was with the Bruins. I think, didn't he get traded in the Peverly deal? He was
2: traded the cup year.
1: Yeah, he was not. He, unfortunately, he missed the 2011 Zoom. Um, and so, yeah, that was my first defensive pairing. What was your first defensive pairing?
2: I had also Joe Corvo with Greg Zanon.
1: Oh, I like it, Greg. Z- your Greg, Z- Greg the one you always bring up, right? Or is that Rawls? Yeah. So that uh, we got that. Uh, my second defensive pairing had Greg Zanon, but on the left side it had Wade Redden. Um, definitely out of left field. Wade Redden scored uh, against the Leafs. Right? He had he had like two goals in one game. I don't know if it was Game Seven. No, was Was it Game Seven? And 13, that...
2: He had a big game somewhere in there.
1: Somewhere Wade Redden had, like, a two-goal game.
2: I legitimately forgot about him until I started looking at this.
1: Yeah. so I don't remember... I don't remember who he scored them against, but I know that he's, he had a game where he went off. It definitely was early in the Toronto series, because the second goal in Game 7 wasn't scored until the third period. Um, all right, so what was your second... Second pairing
2: Aaron Johnson, who I do not remember at all
1: i I don't remember him at all,
2: and Andre Mizaros.
1: damn it, that oh, I thought I was going to get you with that. I thought that was the one that was going to get you um
2: Evan, you're not going to get me, I'm ten years older than you
1: I know, I know you are, not really, but yeah, um in spirit in spirit that that's so weird, Mazzaros. Oh my god! It's funny. I was looking it up today, and I was like, I totally forgot that guy played for the Bruins at all because he was, he was good with the Flyers. Yeah, he was kind of just like a third pairing defenseman with the with the Bruins. Bruins have um, so many
2: weird trades. The Flyers
1: was Gagne a trade? I feel like he was. A I don't tryout. know. He
2: wasn't. I'm thinking of Mizaros and Zach Ronaldo.
1: Oh, that's right, Zach Ronaldo. They gave up like a third round pick for him, right?
2: I'll never forget. That's why he's not obscure enough.
1: Stupid, stupid deal. And Zach Ronaldo smells. smells. Um, <laughs> so third pairing for me was Mazzaros with, and I feel like you definitely have this person on your list, but I'm going to go for it anyways, John Michael Lyles. Well, I uh, did not think he's too
2: relevant to me. Really? I just remember him too much. It's because I covered playoff games with him there.
1: Yeah, I guess so. That was my third pair. John Michael Lyles to me was just kind of like there. You know, <laughs> not a bad guy, not bad. But... You know, just kind of did his thing, A little obscure. What was your third pairing?
2: I went with Joe Morrow and Paul Postma.
1: Oh, I had Postma. I did not put Morrow on the list. Um, yeah, Postma was good. Post well, Postma is a good pick.
2: Pretty good. I liked him.
1: Yeah, he was a good. Se- he was a good seventh defenseman that year, I think. Um, so my that so my fourth pairing because I figured I had to have a fourth pairing. You know, I just I had to do it. Too many good. Um, yeah,
2: okay, ex- cheater.
1: Too many good obscure defensemen. Um, was Paul Postma and Nick Holden? I feel like everyone forgets.
2: I was Nick between Holden. Holden and Postma.
1: Yeah, well, Post was definitely more obscure, but Holden kind of gets lost in that shuffle. Um, I totally forgot Nick Holden existed until someone mentioned his name to me last week, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Like he almost like battled with McQuaid um, for playoff time. All right, now we get to the goaltenders. I will let you go first with your goalie.
2: I only went with one goalie, and it's because I legitimately do not remember him. Nicholas Svedberg?
1: I remember him. I remember Svedberg.
2: I just don't recall this person.
1: He, I I think he was the 2014-2015 Bruins, if I'm not mistaken. And this was before, like, it was known that Rask needed, like, a good backup. So he only played 18 games. Um, yeah, he was 7-5-1, 2-3-3 three, three goals against, nine eighteen 18 I mean, he wasn't great. Um, I'm looking at his stats right now. He's in the KHL for a little bit, then the AHL. Uh, he was just kind of meh. Like, you, you know, that's a good pick, though. I mean, I feel like people forget, like, there's, I think people remember Chad Johnson, they remember anton Hudobin, but they yep. don't remember who was in between them and it was Fedberg. um so i didn't i I picked two Fedberg was not in mine, even though he's a great pick um Marty turco to me Marty turco is a, a, is is like kind of like John Smoltz with the Red Sox like you forget he was there he was on like the back part of his career. I think he was terrible when he was here too, like he came at the end of the um he came at the end of the 2011 12 season, I think.
2: Yeah, Turco um, wasn't good.
1: Yeah, I don't. Why did they get him? Was Rask hurt?
2: I forget, but he came over from. He was playing overseas somewhere.
1: Or was he with Chicago? Because it says on his stats sheet he's from Chicago. He was with Chicago. He played for
2: the Blackhawks for a while, but I feel like he was playing somewhere else in Europe before he came to the Bruins. Or I'm just thinking of something else entirely.
1: I always found him overrated. Like I always did, um, at, at least in the back half of his career, like looking at his numbers right now, they were really not good, and just the, his style was like a poor man's Tim Thomas. It was very just like raggedy, um, but he was he was not good with the Bruins right now. I have the numbers in front of me: three, six, eight goals against on eight fifty-five save percentage, um, just nothing. You know, I mean, it was fine. And then my second goalie. I don't know if this person's obscure so much as I never realized they played eight games. I thought they played just one Zane McIntyre. Um, ah, yes. I think people thought highly of him, but I feel like people do forget him. Um, and I just felt like he was a good pick because he really, he really, he really didn't pan out Uh three ninety seven goals against average in eight games. That's worse than like my be a pro NHL. <laughs> goalie on NHL 20 Um but yeah those are our lineups. I can't say who would win because they're so just weird um and they're pretty much similar teams. Um who do you think is like the most obscure? Like who are the people that you looked at and you were like I didn't even I didn't remember this person.
2: Nicholas Fedberg. Anybody else? Just a blind spot for me. Um after that Tyler Randall seeing I couldn't remember his first name.
1: Yeah. That would, that was a good one. And Aaron um, Johnson,
2: I forget, I like don't
1: know who that is. I don't remember him at all. It's funny, I almost put like he like a Zach Trotman. I almost put Zach Trotman on. Nah, Trotman
2: of, like, is like a guy.
1: Really? I
2: yeah, kind of. Eh.
1: I I almost put him on. Um, let me see what else because I have a list of a ton of players that I just didn't put on. I oh, oh Dominic Moore, I almost put him on. I know he's kind of a person, but like. <laughs> Is he at least with I, I? You know, in terms of the Bruins, Jamel Smith. I almost did, um, and I didn't. I
2: feel like he's too recent.
1: That's the other thing. Recent guys, you remember? Like, in ten years, are we going to? Oh my God, who on the Bruins team right now could be obscure? Like, are we gonna remember Joakim Nordstrom?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good one.
1: Like, are we going to remember Joaquin Nordstrom or... For
2: some reason, my brain went Sean Corrales, but that feels mean. Uh,
1: people fine. remember Corrales. He's They'll fine. remember Corrales. Um Like Tim Schaller. Tim Schaller would be a, a solid He's from one. New
2: Hampshire. Excuse me. He was from my I, hometown. Uh,
1: uh, is he really from your hometown?
2: He's from the town I grew up in.
1: Oh, there you go. But yeah. Uh, oh, Matt Hunwick. I almost picked Matt Hunwick. I felt like he was obscure. even though Oh,
2: that's a good one. I kind of forgot he was on the oh, Bruins.
1: Even though he almost killed Mark Savard. He wasn't bad either. Yeah. Um, but he was he was briefly there in the decade. Um, Lane McDermott. I just remember the name. I don't remember him doing anything, but I remember him being there. Um, I think that's it. I have a list of a ton, ton of people. I'm never deleting this list off my notes. It's just so, like, random that I'm just going to look back at it and be like, oh, these people existed. Um, So, yeah. I mean, I thought that was fun. A lot of different weird people. If you have any more uh, all-decade lists, please send them my way. Um, So, yeah. That was something, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, that was.
1: (laughs) Do you have any of these – aside from Jordan Caron, do you have any of these people's uh, jerseys or jerseys?
2: Um, I don't believe so. Yeah, no.
1: I don't have any, I don't think I have any of these. Like.
2: No, nah, this is all too far off my radar. Who? This is too far off my radar.
1: Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I, if any of, if anyone, here's the challenge to, to people, to people listening. If you have a Jersey or Jersey of any of these people, please tweet a picture of it at me and Marissa and the, or whatever, like put it on Twitter. Cause that's so funny. Like if you, like the prospect of someone buying a jersey or even a jersey of these players to me is like I respect that. I respect people buying jerseys and jerseys of these people more than I do them buying like a Bergeron one cuz it's just so outlandish. Um and I texted you this. I meant to say this on last week's episode. I'll say it on this week's. Um when I was in when I was younger, I was on when I was on a uh, my hockey team, one of the dads was um went to the end of the season Bruins, the, the last Bruins home game of that year. I think it was oh eight oh nine. Um So you went to the last game and I'm watching the game and they're doing the jerseys off their backs with the players. And he's all of a sudden the camera pans to him. And I'm like, oh my God, like that's, that's, that's my friend's dad. Like I know that guy. Um, and seeing your, your friend's dad on television when you're, you know, <laughs> 10 years old is the craziest thing in the world. Um and he opens this envelope <laughs> for, for the player. I think he randomly, like, someone let him go on the ice. Like, he wasn't a season ticket holder. I don't know how he got on there, but he, like, found a way on. He opens his envelope, and it's Byron Bitts. And that would be one that would be a good obscure one. Uh, yes, Byron that would Bitts. be a
2: great
1: one. Uh, there's so many from that decade that you could do. Um, Brenda Bochensky. Uh, but Byron Bits, he got, and he wore that jersey. All the time to everything. And I respected it because it's like, I fucking won this thing and he just wore it all the time. Um, Wait, are we
2: allowed to swear on this?
1: Yeah, you can swear.
2: I never knew that. I've been holding back. Oh, I've, I mean, I don't
1: swear a ton, but if it comes out, it comes out. You know, I think too much swearing is really annoying. Like, I think if you just constantly are blasting the F word, I think it's like, you're trying too hard.
2: I'm Um, just not used to it. Incredible.
1: But if it comes out, it comes out. Yeah, it's a podcast. You know, kids, cover your ears. Whatever. Um. All right, Marissa, this has been fun. Two straight weeks of you. Um, yeah, Yo, you're sick of you, me by now. Not really. But what would you like to plug before you head out?
2: Um. To follow my Twitter at Marissa underscore and Jimmy. I'm writing a lot of stuff about the NWHL draft right now. I have a story about fencing coming out. I'm doing a story about women's college bowling soon. Stay tuned.
1: That is interesting. Women's college bowling and fencing, huh? That is something, and only you could find those good stories. So
2: they exist; much they're out there.
1: They are out there, Marissa. Thank you so much uh, for joining um, and for CLS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You, Bruinsbee listeners, have a great rest of your week.